Hey everyone, Kristen here. So this show, you know, we've done a lot of shows about narcissism and this is definitely one of the unique ones. <laughs> Our guest is Brandon. He is known as Chad the Impaler. He is the creator of the patent pending anti-narcissist training program and leader of the anti-narcissist army. He's written many super awesome screenplays and fan fiction short stories. Plus, he's amazing at video games. But above all else, he's a narcissist abuse survivor that wants to destroy Mark Zuckerberg and his legion of followers before the narcissist apocalypse consumes us all. He has a book coming out called Narcistinction, and you can find out about him at www.narcistinction. Let me spell that for you because I had a hard time with it. N-A-R-C-I-S-S-T-I-N-C-T-I-O-N dot com. Enjoy the show. I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily. Oh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me. Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second brandon thanks so much for being a guest on mental health news radio thanks for having me thanks for having me absolutely i love the name of your book i just played it for our listeners but i want to hear you say it and uh, give our listeners an idea of you know the genesis of this whole journey that you've taken uh, so the book is called uh, Narcissistinction, How to Survive the Narcissist Apocalypse. Uh, and that <laughs> title is actually created by my brother. And uh, the genesis of everything, uh, I mean, everyone has a story, uh, when it, you know, a narcissist abuse survivor story. And I was, uh, I guess I was, uh, you know, I grew up around uh, narcissists and there are narcissists in my family. But when you grow up that way, it's kind of what you know. And, right. uh, and you don't, uh, at least I didn't know anything different. And obviously when you leave your family and you're out in the world, start meeting people and the people you're attracted to are uh, most likely the same type of people that you uh, were in your family with. But the difference for me was that... Uh, I was unaware, like, I, I was aware of how I was treated before, uh, but I was unaware of a certain type of narcissist. And when I started dating one specifically, who um, was on the uh, more extreme end, uh, when that relationship ended, I was, um, thro I was thrown for a loop. 
and I was had a PTSD. I was I was really just lost. I was like, how? What happened? How did this all happen? Right. And um, that threw me into. I created a website, a mental health website, and I would do writing. Um, and one of the characters I created was the voice of the guy who was devastated uh, from from this relationship and from this type of life. And I named him uh, Chad the Impaler. And uh, Chad the Impaler is a 40-something-year-old uh, uh, like me. He's really an extension of myself. And he just started to look at the world. And he was like, he was been beaten down by all these people for so long. And it was really uh, along the lines of my own struggle of um, taking, you know, like realizing what has happened and taking like a couple of steps forward and, and two steps back and getting your life back on track and the struggle that ensues. And I consider myself a man child. Um, so uh, I have a lot of, uh, you know, childish uh, tendencies and, you know, I'm a nerd and all those types of things. So I created this story of this character on my website and he would write from, from the heart, uh, his point of view of uh, the world and how, you can tell how hurt he is and uh, his struggles uh, going forward uh, when he gets triggered very easily. And it's a journey that I wanted, uh, you know, it's a, it's a strange story, like the whole entire book. So um, the, the way in which I wrote it, there was a book called, uh, it was written by Max Brooks and there's another one written by Roger Moss. And it was about the survival guide for zombies. It was how to survive. Uh, and it was done in a way where uh, they gave you the types of zombies. It gave you the diet. It gave you the uh, weapons you needed to combat against them. And I loved, I, I, I loved the structure of that book. And I didn't necessarily think the book was the greatest because there was no endearing character to tell the story. So I said, how can I take this uh, structure and uh, create something of my own with it? And right. that's when I just came back to myself and I created uh, Chad the Impaler and the story of his life. And it's uh, him giving you his anti-narcissist army training program. And <laughs> it's, and it, and it, it's, not every, so it's a self-help book, but at the same time, um, there are self-help elements and there are uh, ridiculous things that you know are not real or self-help. So, for example, everyone says the, the number one weapon when fighting against the narcissist is, like, is to do no contact, is to is really just separate yourself and to win is to live a great life and just, you know, really focus on yourself. But my character isn't that type of guy. So he has an imagination and he's creating this world uh, of how he wants to fight back. Sometimes it's a little bit violent and then sometimes <laughs> it's rational. Um, but uh, along the way, uh, especially you know, people who uh, have been, uh, I guess, victims of narcissist abuse, I, throughout, the, throughout the whole story, you're reading this guide, but 
you know, in, in most books, they give you examples and a lot of them are clinical and sometimes it doesn't hit home. So what I did with my characters, I just gave, started giving just examples from his life. And sometimes they're just completely ludicrous, but a lot of them are, are true stories I took uh, of my own life and embellished them a little. Some right. are completely made up for the situation, but most of them are uh, my life um, on, on paper and done in a way from uh, my point of view or how I would think my character would um, act or, or react to situations. And then uh, on top of that, I threw in something that uh, I thought was unique for a book was uh, as the book is going along, um, uh, occasionally my writing or, the, or, or Chad's writing um, will get a little uh, angry or sad, uh, all different types of feelings, shameful or guilt. And I've made it that his, uh, his trusty sidekick is his uh, psychiatrist or, or therapist. And that his okay. therapist is reading it at the same time as him as he's writing. So he knows when something's wrong and then the conversation, the book will stop and he and his psychiatrist will have an impromptu session and he'll be oh, like, what's going fantastic. on? Um, what's going on? I know something's happened. What's triggered you? And, be, and they have their own unique relationship with each other where it's like, they love it. He loves his therapist, but he hates them because it's because he's right. Um, <laughs> but he always wants to make him proud at the same time because it's the first adult in his life that um besides his mother that's another story in the book but it's the first adult in his life that um cares for him and he trusts mm. so they have that kind of relationship because in my life um you know i i distrusted uh my whole life and um it's hard to trust people and then when you do uh you choose the wrong people and um I just wanted to tell a story, uh, at least for me, where there's this rock in this person's life that there's, you know, you can you can trust people again. So uh, that's kind of the the germination of where everything came from. I have a, mm-hmm. a, a weird imagination. <laughs> and, well, I love uh, the drawings that you do, that you do too. They're fantastic. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I'm not the. I, I draw like a, a child in a way, um, but I, I, I'm told I, I have good line drawing. Like I can like draw lines. Um, so I'm like, my character is a bad drawer, but that's actually a very interesting thing. Um, growing up, I was not, uh, I was always told I would do these drawing uh, contests with my sister and my brother. And my sister is older than me and uh, my brother is older than me as well. And I would always be told that you're just not good at drawing. You're just not good at drawing. But I loved to draw, even though I wasn't good. And it's something I've always done. And to me, doing those drawings, um, not that my sister is, 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 a, <laughs> is a terrible person, but um, <laughs> she, she's a good person. But it was something I, I wanted to do to take my power back that uh, – I I can draw, and I don't care if you don't think I can. It doesn't matter. And this is a way for me to feel good about myself and reinvent uh, how I feel about it. it you know, it's, it was cathartic to, to write, but at the same time, 
um, it let my imagination set free, and right. uh, I'm proud of it. Yeah, as you should be. How I love that you you know bring in the therapist element because there are so many you know survivors that have had not a good experience with therapists. I've had a few not great experiences myself, just even just with guests on the show that are therapists and they have no understanding nor compassion for what narcissism is or narcissistic abuse is. And uh, and then I had a couple of therapists that were my therapists where I was like, I'm educating this person about something that I wish that they were educated about already. <laughs> so it's that's a beautiful shy, thing. That's, when sh- you- that's, sh- that's shocking. I, it's um, not. It's not shocking to people here. I. I mean, I, you know, the, the oh, people really? that listen to my show. Oh gosh, there are so many. It's huge. I mean, you're in Canada, aren't you? Yes. Okay. Maybe it's just a United States thing, but it's a. It's huge here. Not so much now, but when I first started talking about this eight years ago, it was there. Is there are no therapists that really understand. Um, or there are very few that really understand what this type of abuse is. Yeah, um, I'm. I, I guess I, I had. A, see, I had a good experience with my therapist um, because we would talk about that and, and how I was raised, and she would reinforce what I, I uh, was dealing with, and um, we ta- we were able to tackle that head on. So the, I, I mean, I got uh, maybe I got lucky. Yeah, the, yeah. Before I even took, um, went to a therapist, I kind of dove in. Do you know what the Hoffman process is? Mm-mm, no. Uh, so I took this program called the Hoffman process where uh, they make you like delve back into your, uh, dive back into your childhood and uh, understand what went on in your family unit. And I got a very, once I did that, I got a very good understanding of why I am the way I am what my role was in my family and um, everyone's um, everyone's role with inside the family as well. It gave me a, a much right. better understanding of how everyone kind of ticked and it kind of then set me on a, on a path. So, yeah. I mean, there's a, there are therapy, other, they're called different things, but um, they're therapy like that. Yeah. And that, that does help quite, you know, a lot. And it's interesting when you, you, it's interesting to me how many people in their 40s who have been raised in narcissistic families but don't know it because, you know, how do you know that when you're a kid? That's just how you were raised. They grow, they, you know, they grow up, they go through life, and then something happens in their 40s where they meet someone that's awful enough, that's horrid enough that they finally take a look at, okay, wait a minute, <laughs> this is horrible and then they start going on this journey of discovery and it seems to hit people men and women in their 40s which i find fascinating not always but so often that it's it's not a fluke and i i'd love studies around why that is what is it about our 40s that makes us you know take take this journey so for for me i started um when i was 35 and I noticed that I was doing a, a pattern for, I think, my fourth time in relationship. And when mm-hmm. I uh, started dealing with all of this, no one, though I dated, no one was an extreme on the extreme uh, spectrum of, of narcissist personality disorder. But then after that, 
was when I did meet the person thinking that they were the person helping me out of this problem. Right. And little did I know that this person who I thought was the general of my army was really <laughs> the wolf. And um, that, that, was, that was Trump. That was very traumatizing. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Obviously. You really, think that, you really just think that person is on your side so much um, during this very tumultuous time and time of learning and that this person is backing you the whole way. But um, there were other motives going. And that was that was really uh, played with my mind a lot. And it took me it took two years to really fully understand uh, what had happened. So does this person know that you've written a book and that you do what you do now? <laughs> uh, no, I have no contact with this person. Gotcha. And I have had no contact with that person almost since the day our relationship ended. And that was, uh, one, because I was the one that did it. Uh, two because this person, after I broke everything off, then wanted to uh, make it seem to everyone else that they were the one that, that I was the crazy person. That's so right. Obviously, typical. So uh, obviously, obviously um, they weren't going to talk to me because they were projecting to everyone else a different reality. Right. And yep. so, yeah, so that was, I, I did run into them uh, a one time, and I got upset uh, with the person who invited me to an event that they didn't tell me that this person was going to be there. And uh, the theatrics that went on, um, where I was just standing near a bar, and uh, I, the new person that uh, she had groomed uh, came in with her. And they, they, they obviously saw me, and when they were coming by me, this gentleman um, put his arms out uh, lengthwise as a barrier as she was walking by, as if I was going to accost her or uh, say something or do something, which I had <laughs> no desire to. It, this, the theatrics of it all were just so, such grandstanding, and I was just like, how did I, like, then I started feeling, uh, I mean, shame and, and guilt. Uh, right. That, uh, I went, uh, that's a lot, of, a lot of it was a lot of shame and guilt that I went along with a lot of what this person was doing that weren't, you know, I was a triangulation partner. In a yeah. Way. Yeah. You, you wrote about that with me and, you know, I've talked about triangulation a lot on the show, but I love hearing different people's perspectives and especially I think what my listeners have told me over the eight years that they've been listening is, um, you know, give me specific examples, like you said you did in your book, because that is what helps people heal. Even if it's not the same thing that happened to them, they go, oh, right, that's what it looks like. So can you give us some kind of examples of what you went through and and experienced as now that you know that it was triangulation? That's right. So... Uh, I mean, some of these things are pretty terrible. Um, I don't know if I <laughs> So. We've you know, shared, when, believe me, we've shared way so everything you, on this show. <laughs> so when you're, when you put someone on a pedestal, um, mm-hmm. they're not your equal anymore. 
and you just want to do things and make sure that like they're happy and you don't want them to be angry and you go a lot along with things that you wouldn't normally go along with or the sensible you tells you don't do that but you don't want the relationship to end you don't want uh you know you know uh, this person inside and out at this point but you still are in a trance and you're in a tractor beam so uh, this person at a wedding um lost a bunch it came with this bag of jewelry for the person who, whose wedding it was and uh, lost this bag of jewelry i knew that this person um had taken this jewelry home and i think by mistake threw it the bag uh that this jewelry was in but unable to face the music uh that they've done this certain thing they created a story where this jewelry was stolen at the wedding by the wait staff police got involved insurance companies got involved um i knew the real story i sit back and i don't say a thing but she has convinced right. herself of the reality that this is now the story and this is what she's telling everyone um right. uh, at, at work um uh I didn't work with her but I I I became friends with uh, people of her work and at, at the work there was a story uh an x-rated story of something that happened with someone at work and um she then takes that story uh it was about uh it's a very I I can't really discuss how they are very R rated uh and it involved an animal she then started creating a story about this person and this animal to the point where mm. uh that that person eventually got ostracized by everyone at work and they wow. uh, she convinced them of this lie that she had created i knew the reality of the story and i didn't do anything um so so things along uh those lines because now you know if i said something now i'm ruining this thing which isn't real at all um but i become a triangulation partner because now i'm backing up uh stories that are lives right and, and hurting other people's lives and hurting other people hurting yeah. other people yeah uh, and then uh, eventually you realize that eventually the, uh, you know one day if they, you know, they that person they might be telling lies about will be you right um and, and that eventually i think in like the, the last couple of months of, of that relate my relationship was um was when i realized oh i think that's going on right now who knows what is being said about me and cause, right. uh, after a while they get, they get very comfortable telling stories uh to you about other people uh that they have mm -hmm. no like those people told them in confidence and they have no right to tell me that story so eventually you start wondering what's real and what's not real and then eventually eventually i'm like maybe nothing i'm being told about these other people are even real I found too that I would hear these stories about people, just random people, and I would hear, and I mean this is from different people that have different levels of narcissism, but I, I would hear, oh, this person is so awful, uh, they're so horrible, they're so horrible, and then I would be in a situation where I'm meeting this person, and the ratcheting up of how horrible they are happens because they because they it's like they almost got to really get me hooked on how bad this person is because if i if they don't 
and I hang around this person enough, I'm going to realize that none of what you're saying is true. This person's actually a nice person, uh, but they're, yeah. they got to dig their hooks in to try to convince me otherwise past my own ability to discern whether or not this is a, you know, a bad person. And I, I always found that interesting. I was like, why, why all of a sudden is there this, you know, uh, like I said, ratcheting up of behavior about this when still this person has shown me no, nothing to, you know, and the other situation I would, I would find too that I found fascinating was my bias towards this person that I have not met because I've been told such horrible things. I would come in with a bit of an attitude, which would then make that other person, of course, feel uncomfortable around me. Yeah. And yeah. and then all of a sudden, you these you don't like each other. You don't even know each other, but it's all have has been crafted by, you know, the narcissist. And then later, I would end up being friends with that person and going, "I'm sorry, all that went on. Uh, obviously, you're a nice person. I'm a nice person. Let's just put that behind us and be friends, and let's not talk to the other one anymore." You know. Yeah. So when it comes to that, I actually, one part in my book was um, don't get, I, I write in the book, I'm like uh, something along the lines of don't, I'm trying to do it off the cuff. I don't get mad at the person uh, who is a triangulation partner. They're exactly like you. Eventually they yes. might, um, they'll realize it. And one day they might call you and uh, actually apologize to you and you accept their apology because you've been there too. And yes, um, it's something. Uh, another thing, what you talked about was uh, the stories that they would tell um, about other people that you didn't know. I found that was sometimes uh, people that could see right through them right away. Yeah, and wouldn't and wouldn't take their crap, and um, knew what they were and knew how yes. unhealthy they. Um, those were the people that, uh, were, the, the, were the ones that they didn't like right away because they knew there was no penetrating them. Right. Exactly. This person is a fortress. They see through my BS either because they're a healthy person, uh, in terms of, you know, they've either been through this kind of thing before with people and they've gone through the whole evolution process, or they just see it right away because they're, they weren't raised around it, whatever the reason is, but they just sniff them out immediately. And so, yeah, they usually have to ratchet up a story around that person. That's pretty brutal for you to just be skewed in your vision of, of who that person is because you just might like them and you just might see what they see in this other person. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other thing that happened a lot, is, uh, it's like it's yesterday. I remember being in the back of a cab and we were on our way home and we're in the cab and um, she's, my partner's complaining about this couple or this uh, man and this woman we were at a party and um, how they were cheating on their spouses with each other. And she was getting so angry and so angry about it as if she was the moral police. But little do you know, she's only projecting to divert her own reality of what is going on and that she's the one actually uh also um seeking out other people uh to sleep with and right. um 
you know, I started to catch on to those things eventually. Whenever she's getting mad about whatever someone else is doing, she's doing the exact same thing. Yes. I, I, I learned that that's the um, narcissistic lie detector. As soon as I start hearing, I would never do this to you. I will never let this happen. I would be looking at the person saying it and I'd be like, okay, they just told me exactly what they're going to do and exactly what is going to happen. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and you're in, in my book, I do, um, you know, sometimes I do some uh, weird weapons. And one of the weapons I use, I call it a counter. So, like, sometimes I'll use a weapon like uh, magic or uh, even a, a gun or a crossbow, like a real weapon, as if it was a real training right. gun. But then I'll throw in a real one, um, which is projection. And I call that a counter attack weapon. So, in boxing, there are some uh, boxers that are, are very good when you punch them first. And then you whack them back because your hands are so fast. You're, you're, the, the speed is good. And I use projection. Um, a lot of people use that as, as a different, uh, like more of a trait of, of a narcissist or a manipulation method or something along those lines. Um, but I use the projection as an actual counterattack weapon because they're giving you their plan. And you can use yeah. their own plan against them because they think they're outsmarting you but if you're yeah you're up to snuff on what they do you can use that as a weapon to catch them in the act of whatever they're doing you know what's interesting too is um there's a lot of things that you do because you do learn especially if you were raised in this boy do you learn all the techniques and the tricks and the whatever and there were a lot of things that i have done and that i know other you know survivors have done that were brilliant they were brilliant counter moves but they felt so much shame about using them because they had they were convinced that they were the awful one uh, <laughs> uh yeah my therapist and i worked on that because we called that with me uh, i called it the jerk syndrome and uh, whenever i tried to stand up for myself um I would say I feel like a jerk. I would I feel terrible doing this. I feel like a jerk. And my therapist and I had to work on my jerk syndrome. Um, um, I, I guess uh, trigger. And yeah. you know, because uh, you know, I, I think everyone is a narcissist to a degree. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and my and one of my struggles is, am I one? And can you be both? Uh, are there certain points in your life? where you are uh, grander or you've come back down or you're working on yourself. Because uh, there's been moments in my life where I felt that way um, and that I, I had to take myself down uh, a notch. And that's also the struggle of the character in the book because you would, when, when you look at my Chad Dean Perler's life, you would think that he is a narcissist, but he's also struggling at the same time. But he's, you know, it's it's a it's a self-esteem uh, issue. And, you know, when, when writing everything, I'm like, maybe I am a vulnerable narcissist. Um, <laughs> maybe I am because, you know, there's a, having low self-esteem and being a vulnerable narcissist. It's, it's very close. And, right. um, you know, I think you can, you know, they say psychopaths are born, sociopaths are made in narcissistic personality disorder. You know, it, it nurture can can get you there. So I think that um, 
it could be it's a struggle and that's part of the book that uh my character wants to uh eventually take down facebook and destroy mark zuckerberg because mm. uh because of the way the world is going with social media and social media narcissists and how his belief uh is like a vampire lore from movies because he's a big movie fan if you if you destroy or kill the head vampire then all the vampires yeah. that made will become human again so um i mean his, his intention is to get everyone in a very narcissistic Addicted. way to, to free everyone of the shackles of uh social media and this me 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 uh generation and yep it, 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 it's it's a it's a struggle, and uh, I think it's become a bigger struggle uh, in the future. So, and, and I I read uh, there's a study done in I guess I guess in East and West Germany uh, when the Berlin Wall came down, they did a, I forget what person did a study, but there was a study done uh, of a thousand people, um, I think five hundred and from each side. To, de to determine uh, levels of narcissism and self-esteem. And they discovered on the West side, the, the culture, not the culture, the um, Western value side, uh, more capitalistic side, that uh, higher rates of narcissism and lower uh, rates of self-esteem. And on the communist side of the 500 people, it was lower rates of narcissism and a higher rates of self-esteem. And then, you know, one was coming from a, a side of people that was in a collective and the other was uh, the individual. And uh, I, then, you know, there's other studies or, or that have been written that even books from the 1960s onward, uh, the use of we and us uh, has diminished and the nice. use of I and me has increased uh, like a, a, at a crazy rate. And I guess since the beginning of uh, television, these things really started to happen. So over time, uh, no matter what, now we're getting this increasing narcissistic uh, society. And mm -hmm. we thought maybe it got to a certain point, And now the floodgate has uh, really opened to a very I, I, me, me society. And, I, and uh, it's scary. It is. It is. I always, you know... I people are across different political spectrums you know even across our network but i always take a look at well what you know who is it that that we're electing in different countries what are they about and we can be angry at that individual person while we also can realize that that person is a reflection of what is going on in our society <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and that's yes. very scary. Well, <laughs> that's that's uh, you know that's where where we are, and uh, everyone. There was I, I I wanted to I forgot to research it before I came on. Uh, there's a documentary. I, that's why I forget what the name of the documentary was, and it was from uh, I guess it was made in. 1999 2000 it might have been released in 2005 and it was about this gentleman who was do you remember the in the early late 90s there was a a, a service called prodigy to get onto the internet it was like america online mm -hmm. so the man who created the chat rooms in there became a very rich man well he made he made like uh i think at the time five million dollars he blew it all 
and he conducted an experiment at the time uh, where he created a, 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 a like a bunker in New York. Uh, he put everyone in these individual pods before social media existed, and each pod had a screen. And this, each screen inside your pod that you slept in, everyone had to be there for 30 days. Um, the only channels you got were other people's pods. And it, it was, he saw social media before it happened. And by the end of that 30 days, no one made it to the end of the 30 days. It all erupted in chaos. And uh, people couldn't stand each other anymore. And people left the bunker after like, I think like 25 days. They, no one could make it the whole mm -hmm. way. And he felt, he felt the experiment was successful because um, that was the point. He, he could see that this was gonna happen and, and this might happen. And he coined a phrase, which was, uh, Andy Warhol was wrong. People don't want 15 minutes of fame in their life. They want 15 minutes of fame every single day. Yeah. And Batman said that in 99. And uh, we're getting, we're there. So. Yep. Um, so that, that now it's a matter of, of, of being aware and um, realizing what's going on, not walking around with rose colored glasses, knowing that you need, you know, these weapons like you're talking about in your book, you know, uh, knowing that, you know, obviously we're not going to walk around with a pickaxe and, and whatever, but it, it <laughs> be emotionally protective and wise and grown up and rational and uh, evolved things that we have to become in order to combat this kind of behavior and live a peaceful, happy life. Um, in, in, you know, I had this conversation last night, actually, with someone terrific where we talked about, you know, it is, while it is this uptick to this unreal degree of, of narcissism, that also, it, there's also an uptick of um, people really being pushed to evolve and grow and, and, and in order to combat it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> Uh, well, what, what do you mean that, that uh, the uptick in people to combat it? Well, okay, um, you probably don't know anything about the Twilight books, right? <laughs> I've seen the movies. Okay, okay. So I use this as an example because okay. you know how the vampires move in, right? They move into yeah. town yeah. and more vampires come to the area and more of the werewolves are being born earlier. They're becoming werewolves younger and younger in order to combat the number of vampires that are there. When I watched that movie, yeah. I thought, oh, that is like dealing with narcissism the more narcissist bloodsuckers that that are around the more of us are going to have to grow and evolve in order to protect ourselves and protect each other from this behavior because they do cause you to break or they cause you to grow it's not there you don't give them a thank you for this but you i mean i have had tremendous spiritual personal emotional you know financial growth um, and, and, and have evolved quite a lot and grown up in so many ways from having these horrible relationships. And so, you know, I've had to really learn a lot of tools in order to keep my happy life amongst many, 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 many more of these kinds of people. I'm not going to say that I'm sorry that I didn't have this growth because I really love my life. 
So while I don't give them the credit for the hard work I've done, I do see them as being part of a catalyst for that for myself and for a lot of other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, naturally, a society will grow um, a Van Helsing's um, to right. do or <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now we're getting uh, into the cool conversation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, once you have a certain amount of uh, damage done, just like, well, Earth fights back. I mean, Earth fights yep. back right now. So we're taking too much from it. It's going to fight back and do what it has to do for its own survival. We might not survive, but Earth will. Right. Now, so, now here's the thing. Narcissists are yeah. not going to survive. They're not because they can't. The, the, the way I look at it is the more of us that get educated, the more people like you that write books and write them in different tones and different genres and very creative ways. And the more people that are out there attacking this problem in so many different voices, ways, you know, areas, the more the rest of us grow and the more that these people get starved and they're either going to just die on the vine or they're going to have to evolve. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I remember I said die on the vine. That That's a possibility too, but it isn't going to be us. It isn't going to be us that, that does it because we reflect, we go to therapy, we get help, we create things, try to help others. Um, we evolve. It's like, um, I don't know if you've read anything by Sandra Brown, but she's a, she wrote a, a best-selling book about psychopaths and narcissists and so on. She treated them for years and she changed her entire practice because she realized I, I can spend the next, the rest of my career treating the same 80 people for on behavior management. They're never going to evolve. Uh -oh. So all I'm treating again and again and again is behavior management. Or I can go treat the 80,000 people that have been infected and damaged and hurt by these people. And those people actually evolve. So where do I want to spend my precious energy? That's very interesting. Yep. That's very, that's, yeah. So um, I have hope. I, I have a lot of hope. And it, but it took me a long time to get to this place. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, right now, um, uh, because of what's going on, uh, uh, narcissism in the news has never been more uh, prevalent. Oh, uh, yes. Because, because of the conversation around, around the President of the United States, it's never been uh, so, so prevalent. So yeah, yep. people are, are discussing it. Hopefully uh, younger people are. Uh, discussing it right now everyone I think after this ends hopefully there's like a time of healing for everyone to come come, to, come, come together and understand uh, as a group like what has just transpired and what happened you know, exactly everyone like, in like, BTSD like, <laughs> yeah, and just be like I Is don't it? hate you like you don't yeah. hate me we were we were thrown in here to make us think that we did, but we actually yes. have a lot in common. Yeah. And uh, that, that's the troubling part because, you know, both sides, uh, the people that have taken sides, have lots in common. 
And let's yep. say they have, there's 30 things, they have 27 things in common, but they're focusing on the three that they don't. Yes, exactly. And and we will. Historically, we do evolve. I mean, I just, listen, I went from being the worst pessimist. When you're in that black hole, you know what I'm talking about. When you're in that black hole of despair after one of these relationships, especially the one that really brings you to your knees, there's no, I had no optimism then. Every round of your corner was lurking a sociopath. And it took me a lot of years, a lot of years and a lot of therapy and interviewing everybody on the planet that's an expert and victims who've been through this and survivors and whatever to get to this place where I'm like, yeah, things look pretty awful. They really do. But you know what? I I have... I take my, I took my power back and um, I don't give it to other people. And, um, and I stand on the side of this is all going to have a good outcome. It's not going to, it's going to look really ugly, but it's going to really have a good outcome. Um, I think, you know, I, I do, I, I look at it in in that positive way uh, when, you know, because I have my good days and my bad days. And right. <laughs> uh, when you when you're out, you kind of I look at it as like when I'm out in the field, and I'm on message boards and I answer people's questions and things like that. You can see, um, you know, some there's a lot of negativity, but some people are trying to uh, people are helping, and right. the word is out there. So I, I do feel um, good about that, and, and um, I'm hoping that like my contribution would be to resonate with people to do things um to get help uh just because maybe you're able to laugh at yourself through laughing at me and chad the impaler and all the crazy situations (laughs) you get yourself into um that you see yourself in it and you're finally able to go ah yeah 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 i've been there i've done that i wasn't doing anything about that hold on this is resonating way too much with me right now. Maybe I do need to go do something about this. And right. with the people that have uh, read my book so far, a lot of people are just like, they, who didn't think that they had uh, these types of issues, uh, started to see right. it, uh, a little bit more. Um, yep. And there's one thing I actually wanted to discuss with you that I, that I, that I thought about a, a, a 10 minutes ago, but, which is sure. I sometimes when I'm posting on social media uh, and I'm posting uh, my stuff that is uh, for my book, so it's very anti-narcissist and it comes off in, in a specific way. And I get these people, because uh, that's the day and age we live in right now, where they will uh, say, narcissists are people too. Don't you be <laughs> hating right. people like this, da, 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 and they go off on me. And... Uh, gets me so mad and I'm just like yeah you're you say like you're negating my experience and my pain because you are defending something I don't know if you know anyone like they, they're like my mom has this and this and this and you shouldn't be uh, saying these types of things she's a good person and I'm like I don't know your mom uh, I don't know any of the situation. This is my experience, and this is I'm allowed to express myself. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. 
I, I find it with a lot of my friends because many, many, many of my friends are out there like you with a book or their counselors or their life coaches or they're making a documentary or, you know, they're out in there on the forums and doing that. I'm not as out there in that realm. I was for a while. And yes, I got haterade from people. I got a couple of iTunes reviews from, oh my God, clearly the one of the worst malignant narcissist on the planet pretending to be the wounded victim uh, that I wouldn't let be on my show. And so they decided to trash me all over social media and write negative reviews, which have been drowned out by now. But, but yeah, when you're in that realm, you are going to get that. And a lot of times it's trolls. A lot of times it is narcissists um, that are attacking you. I mean, and that's kind of, you know, uh, that's what's going to happen in that realm. Because I cover all of mental health and I've stopped doing everything about narcissism. And I, I mean, I did that nonstop for a couple of years. And then now it's every so often, it's not such a big part of my life anymore because there are other things to talk about. But at the time, that's all I, I needed to talk about it as much as I did. So I don't put that down at all. It is part of the healing process. But you will find that there, and that's just the way it is. So you you have to either um, really get such a thick skin and be like, next, block. <laughs> I mean, I, I just block. I just block people now. I'm like, I don't even not. This is not. I'm not even going to get an argument. Block. Bye bye. Don't care. I don't. Just you're triggered. You're taking it out on me. Bye bye. I just don't even participate. But it took me a long time and a lot of. Uh, daggers from people to get to the place where I'm like, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now I've learned to just write, um, stop negating my feelings. And then I just stop, I, I just do that. And, um, now I just try to move on and hope that the person doesn't, uh, continue. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they do. So, I mean, believe me, I've been round the bend. Oh, my listeners are, you know, they've heard the stories. Oh, here's a new one that's cropped up in her life. Oh my God. How's she going to get out of this one? And now I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, really, I don't really, I, well, I did actually recently, I, I met someone who's extreme, extreme, actually one of the, one of my neighbors or one of their neighbors said, you know, that they are like what you talk about in your show full on malignant and and I said and it took me about two weeks to figure it out and throw up the biggest wall of no 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 don't care how much you rage no and that's a me that did not exist even two years ago oh that's that's okay progress so it exactly I look at it like lesser degrees of dealing with it in the past it would have taken two years or eight years or whatever now two weeks boom you out bye-bye don't even (laughs) you know pass them on the street don't even look at them don't shade them no haterade just you're not even part of my experience of life i don't see you over there and they sure aren't going to talk to me because of course they know i i see you i see all of you (laughs) so but it took you know what does it take to get there freaking lots of therapy and research and reading books like yours and talking to people like you and talking to other people it takes a lot of work so i always say to people that 
you know, will call and, and they're not narcissists, but they're, they're in that victim mode of, of, of it. And they still want to play this victim story again and again and again, which I get it. I have done that too, but I'm like, why aren't you in counseling? Go. There is no reason for you not to go. You're, you're, you're getting high off of being a victim and constantly complaining there's something in that for you. I had a therapist to, therapist that used to say to me, what's the pony in this for you? For all the times that I was whining, whining, whining. And she's like, you know what you need to do. You're obviously getting some something out of this. Now, did I want to hear that? Like you with your therapist getting upset in your book, you know, because they tell the truth. It's It's those things, right? I look at, you know, the empathic ones and I say, go, you can evolve. Don't be like them and not go to therapy. You had something horrible happen to you. Get your butt in the chair because you know they're not gonna. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're they're not going to change. You can, and how you deal with it, you can change. And you know, exactly. I've seen people stuck. I've seen people stuck. Um, people in my life that are that are still stuck. Um, and watching them go through the same um, type of people, the same process. Uh, sometimes I just want to shake them and go like, do, do something about this, please. I know, like but, this is exact, but you can't, they got to do it when they're going to do it. And, and you hope they that they will. They're going to do it. Yeah, they got to do it when they're going to do it. And you can't uh, force them and one day they'll be ready. Um, and when they're ready, I, I just, I always say, you know what, you're going to take five steps, six steps, seven steps forward. You might take 10 steps back, but then That's you're going right. to take five steps forward and you're going to keep on, no matter what, you're going to just keep going forward after you get thrown back and you're going to get thrown back and you're going to get triggered. You're going to walk by the wrong store one day and that store was going to remind you of something and right. it's going to trigger memory and you're going to get thrown backwards and you might have two weeks where your brain is gone. But after a while, yep. that will take you a day, to, uh, a week to rebound from a lower and lower right. and lower until eventually, um, you know, those uh, flooded uh, memories, uh, terrible memories. Like I wouldn't go near uh, a certain side of town for a long time. I wouldn't go near Oh, good it. Lord. I just, okay, I just went back to the, to the town where this, you know, this first one uh, that I, that, you know, where I, it was so awful. I just went back there eight years later, literally two weekends ago. I drove back there to get some things and I drove around town and I was like, yep, I am, I have healed this. There are other things I'm working on, but this is healed because I have not a care about walking into any store, running into any, nope, don't care. But eight years it took, eight years. That's, a, that's you know what, it, and for people out there who are still struggling, you know, it could take longer than eight years. But, that's right. Uh, if you, yeah, if you were married to one for many, but anyway, tell our listeners, because we can have like 18 more conversations about this, which would be fun, because I love to get into the whole story and vampires that I'm in. I am a full on nerd about that kind of stuff, too. But tell our listeners what you have, you know, what is it that you do 
in terms of this and, and what your plans are to keep doing and where they can find out more about you? Okay, so um, I am, so the book is called Narcissistinction, How to Survive the Narcissist Apocalypse, and I wrote it. And I have uh, a website for it, which is narcissistinction.com, N-A-R-C-I-S-S-T-I-N-C-T-I-O-N. I think I spelled it correctly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and uh, I do freelance writing. Uh, I had a website, uh, which was a mental health website, which is now closed down. And I'm doing a Kickstarter on April 10th. Uh, is when it begins, uh, and we're just trying. I, I also we're trying to spread the word for the book, but also I created a podcast, a complimentary podcast, which you can find uh, mm -hmm. at that website as well. And uh, I'm tackling, um, you know, uh, I guess you know, on Sunday I'll be recording podcast with a poker player to discuss uh, nice. narcissism around uh, a poker table. And I want to get, uh, you know, comedians and, and things like that to just kind of discuss, like, what they have to deal with with self-esteem and uh, issues with other people and, like, the types of environments that they go into, uh, whether it be hecklers in the crowd who are possibly narcissists, um, and just uh, try to get it out of uh, the the more of the clinical realm and more into a lot of uh, stories that people can resonate with, but interesting uh, worlds that maybe we can delve into that you can also learn about uh, at the same time, if you don't know much about them. Um, so just maybe like, so uh, from, you know, people in, in business, from a CEO to uh, all different types of uh, walks of life and, and really find out to kind of uh, get a double-edged sword of, uh, you get the narcissism, but also learn about uh, the ins and outs of uh, certain industries. And, right. And to kind of yes. take it from there. Uh, and also, I love talking to narcissist abuse survivors um, because uh, with our, our podcast, so far the uh, the most receptive shows where I get I got wonderful emails from people uh, was when they resonate with someone's story. And yes. Um, that makes them feel better. They, uh, you know, helps them come to terms with what's going on in their life. And it's, you know, I'm not saying misery loves company, but it's, it's, uh, comforting to know that you're not alone and that someone else is yeah. experiencing and to find people to come on that are, um, good storytellers to really let, people, let their personality show. Oh. Yeah, I just started I just started a show called Tales from the Grift, which is literally just survivors coming on and talking about what happened to them. So, yeah, that then that's that's what people really really resonate with the most. Yeah, they they really do. So, um, you know, doing that, trying to like um be a better person. Um <laughs> and and uh, you know, uh, this is the first book I've ever written. I've always considered myself uh, a writer. Uh, I've all, no matter what throughout my whole entire life, I always wrote down something on a piece of paper that no one ever saw. And to uh, be able to write uh, in my style in, in a way that helps people, but is also entertaining in my sense of humor, um, was just something it meant it means a lot to me to do it and to put it out there and for me it's a big monumental thing to be like this is my life it might not say that it's my life but 
this is me. But it is. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. It is. And hopefully you like the vampires in the story. <laughs> Dracula, Absolutely. Dracula makes an appearance in this book. <laughs> I love it. But Dracula doesn't. I love it. Well, thank you so much for reaching out and coming on the show. We absolutely appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Mental Health News Radio. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Sometimes I'm passive aggressive, but never without good intentions. I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight it. Good boy.